Looks like after 50 years of this, you'd kind of settle down and wouldn't get nervous. <laughs> but I'm as nervous I could thread a sewing machine in a run-in. <clears throat> Good to see you here today. Uh, thank you for the singing this morning. One of my favorite songs, Turn Your Eyes Up on Jesus. That used to be our chapel song many, many years ago when I was just a younger man. As I begin to make preparation for this message, uh, I've noticed something as I've read through the Gospels, uh, and that is Jesus did much of his sermons from questions uh, that were asked him. And as I looked, I see about 10 sermons in Matthew 5 in the uh, book of Mark, about 13 in Luke 8 in John and uh, you can figure that up. It seemed like it's about 36 different messages that Jesus uh, uh, preached uh, uh, and gave unto the people. Um, Scotty said something here some two or three Sundays ago, and I appreciate the message that he brought. Uh, I appreciate every message he brought because it's food for our spiritual soul. Uh, but uh, he mentioned something about spiritual death. Uh, and the question has been asked me concerning what is a spiritual death? And we know that when Adam sinned, he brought death into all humanity. But it came with a warning. If you remember, Adam and Eve was there in the Garden of Eden, and he's already preached that about three or four weeks ago. And they were representatives of the human race. And uh, we know that God gave them a warning. He said, of all the trees in the garden, uh, you can eat thereof, but the tree of fruit of knowledge of good and evil, he says, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, uh, you shall surely die. Now, they did not die physically because we know uh, that uh, Adam lived, what, 940 years later. But he died spiritually that day. Why? Well, because uh, God had told them, if you do this, uh, this is what's going to happen. Uh, so we realize this morning, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all know that, Romans 6, 23. Uh, we also know for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's wonderful uh, that the act of God can make one alive from spiritual death. And it's called regeneration. You can be born again. Regeneration is only accomplished through the Holy Spirit, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Say amen there. So I'm grateful this morning for what God has done for me. We realize that we're sinners. We realize that we're dead in trespasses and sin. So what is death? Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto men to die, and afterwards the judgment of God. So death is an enemy. 1 Corinthians 15.26 tells us that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. But death never came into the picture until Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. So death is associated with sin, and anything associated with sin is an enemy to the Lord. Now, 
Question number one, how is death an enemy? Death is connected to everyone because it's the one thing that takes people into eternity unless the rapture of the church takes place. I'm looking for that to take place anytime. I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. The Lord Jesus Christ could step out of the clouds of glory today and come down and we could be absent from this body and present with the Lord. That's quick. I mean, I'd leave out of here so fast that these clothes that I'm wearing, they wouldn't have time to hit the floor down here and I'd be in the presence of God. Amen. That's quick, my friend. We've got a lot of things that's fast, but nothing like that. So we know that this was an enemy. It's an enemy for the Lord Jesus Christ. For it was the one thing that cost him his life. His shed blood, the bearing of our sins upon the cross of Calvary. And so death is an enemy. It's an enemy to the Christians. Not only in the sense of the pain of it. Now listen, I don't think we need to fear death. I don't know how we're going to die, yeah? but uh, I mean, uh, I, I have several things that I don't want to do. I don't want to drown. Uh, I don't want to die in a. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to die in a fire. Um, I don't want to die in a car wreck. Well, how do you want to die? How do you want to die, preacher? I just want to go to sleep one night and wake up the next day in heaven. Amen. How many want to do that? Everybody wants to do that. Amen. I mean, we just want to, we just want to uh, uh, kind of have our own way, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So I don't look for, forward to the pain that might come because of what we may have to go through. But it's an enemy in the sense that it carries people into a destination. For the saved, it's a place called heaven. For the unsaved, it's a place called hell. So the question comes up sometimes, what about the Old Testament people who died before the resurrection of Christ? Where are they at? Well... There with the Lord. The Old Testament teaches us that the people who died, they went to a place called Hades or Sheol, or many times it's referred to as a paradise side of hell. It simply means a waiting place. This was not the prepared place uh, that our Lord spoke to his disciples about in John chapter number 14, where he says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know what... We know not where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but but by me. Amen. And so it's good to know that God has prepared a place for us. But in the Old Testament... We have a limited view of death. Uh, The best we can figure out is when the Old Testament saints died, uh, they went into this one of the compartments uh, of what was known as Sheol or Hades uh, or Paradise side of heaven or or hell. Uh, And uh, it doesn't say much about it. Uh, I do believe it was a place of joy. I do believe it was a place of happiness and blessing. Uh, It's referred to as Abraham's bosom. And if you remember the story there in the Gospel of Luke chapter number 16, there is a story there concerning a rich man who fared sumptuously every day. And then there was a 
poor man who laid at the gate full of sores. And the Bible says that the dogs came and they licked his sores. And it says that Lazarus died and the angels carried him into Abraham's bosom. But the rich man died and it says that he was buried. And the next time that we hear from him, it says that he's in torment. And what was his concern being in torment? He says, listen. He says, I've got some brethren back home there. And he says, I don't want them to come to this place. Would you please send somebody to warn them and tell them not to come to this place called hell? So we realize there's two compartments to Hades or hell. One is a place where the ungodly go. The other apartment there is a place where the godly go. And it was comforted unto them. But when Jesus died on the cross, when he was there and he was suffering for the sins of mankind and there was one thief on this side and another thief on this side and they were condemning Jesus one of them was condemning Jesus and the man says listen he didn't do anything wrong we're getting a just punishment for what we've done but he said unto Jesus Lord remember me and Jesus what did he say this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. And so we know uh, this place here is a holding place, a place where the Old Testament uh, godly went. Uh, but when Jesus died, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, it says that he entered into uh, this place. And so, I, and I believe when he entered into it and, and he declared victory over, over uh, the demons in one part of that, and he went back through that holy place, uh, picked, up the old, uh, picked up the saints of God that had died in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and the book of Isaiah tells us that when that happened, hell that day enlarged itself and that without measure. Uh, so now you say, where do you get that from? Well, you get that from the book of Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 7 and 8, and on down through verse number 10. And it says there, But to every one of us is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And then in verse 9, Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth. Uh, why? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Uh, so when he took all those uh, being held in Hades uh, with him to the presence of God and their souls and their spirits uh, are with the Lord. Now I believe the souls of the Old Testament saints are right now in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, believe, I believe that they're going to be the invited guests at the marriage supper of the Lamb because uh, they are not the bride of Christ. They are not the bride of Christ. Uh, so Christ, the first one to lead those people out of hell or Hades, uh, and uh, it was his death. It was his resurrection. And so today, to be absent from the body uh, is to be present with the Lord. So question number two, why raise the dead at the rapture if saints are already with the Lord? 
The souls and the spirit of the born again are with the Lord. But the bodies are somewhere in a grave or wherever that body has been buried at. But at the rapture, the bodies, the born again, are going to come out of the grave and the bodies will be reunited with the soul and the spirit. Now somebody says, what kind of body are we going to have when we, when we get that new glorified body? We're going to have a body just like Jesus. You say, where do you get that? First John chapter number 3, verse number 2, it says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when Christ shall appear, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Christ, for we shall see Him as He is. That ought to make Baptists shout and holler, Hallelujah. Amen. You clap when you sing here. Why don't you clap when me and Scotty preaches? <laughs> Got you one there, buddy. You get it next Sunday. I pull my watch off. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> I'm really struggling this morning. I really... Having a problem breathing. You want to know what your body's going to be like? Go home this afternoon. Find you a good quiet place somewhere. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And read that. And it tells you exactly what you're going to be like. And you say, uh, you, mean, you, you mean I'm going to have a, a glorified body? Yes. Uh, and you'll enjoy that glorified body, especially if you've looked in a mirror lately at yours. <clears throat> Third question. What is going to happen to the unsaved? What's going to happen to the unsaved? Well, there's going to be a resurrection. And I think they're going to get some kind of a body in which they're going to be tormented in. I believe somewhat that the body is going to be much like the body that they had here upon the earth. But nevertheless, uh, Revelation 20 tells us that there's going to be a re resurrection of the ungodly uh, in order that they might go to the great white throne judgment seat of Christ. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter number 5, He says, There is a resurrection of damnation, and there is a resurrection of life. Uh, two parts. The first resurrection will be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, the resurrection of the, and the second one is the resurrection of the church saints at the rapture. Uh, and then there's a resurrection of the Old Testament saints at the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and the second resurrection is a resurrection of all the ungodly at the great white throne. Uh, listen to what has taken place in John chapter number 8. Uh, there in verse number 21. When Jesus was having a conversation with the Pharisees, the Pharisees were the religious people of the day, and he was having a conversation with them. And he said there in verse 21 of chapter number 8 of the Gospel of John, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me. Now listen what it says. And shall die in your sins. And what is the result? He says here, where I go, what? He said, where I go, well, you can't come. 
So once you die in their sins, uh, he says the door is closed. There's no second change. And somebody asked me the question, do you think people can be saved after, uh, after they have died? No, you cannot be saved. You, you have the last opportunity here in this walk of life. Uh, but Jesus says here, where I go, you cannot come. The Jews ask him, will he kill himself? Because uh, he says, where I go, you can't come. You see, the Jews had to believe uh, that if a person killed themselves, uh, that was a crime that was unforgivable. Uh, and that has kind of spilled over a lot of, in our churches today. Uh, uh, I, remember, uh, I remember a guy who preached a uh, funeral of a, of a very close friend of mine. And um, he felt like that the man, because he committed suicide, uh, uh, he was not a saved man. I believe if a person's saved, you're saved. I believe if forever, I believe, my friend, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You say, well, what about the person that takes her life? A person that takes her life, my friend, something happens in their mind that causes them. Because we want to live. I want to live. He goes on to say, you go to the lowest place of the pit where I won't ever come. And Jesus told them, you are from the pit. He goes on to say, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You are from the world, I'm not of this world. I said, therefore, unto you, you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And where you go, and where you go won't, and where you won't go is above. I'm from above. Do you get it? There's no second chances. Uh, now, the material part of us is what is interesting. God said that He took a ball of red earth, dust. You may think you're important, but you ain't nothing but dust. That's all you are. And He made us out of dust. So, the body is important enough for God to want your body for some reason. So it's important that we dedicate our body to God. That we do everything that we can to try to please Him. Important enough that the soul and the Spirit of God, one of these days, uh, is going to be absent from this body and present with the Lord. We're made up of flesh and bone and blood and muscles and tissue. But the new body, new body, somehow is not going to have blood. Remember what Jesus said? He said, touch me. See my body. And not only that, and I like what he did. After his resurrection, my kind of guy, he's walking out on the seashore and he says unto them, you got anything to eat? No. So they come to the shore and what does he have? And it's breakfast now. And what's he fixing them? Hush puppies and fish. When is it we're going to have that? Hush puppies and fish. We're going to have that for too long. 
We're not going to have it for breakfast, I don't think. You're a body. But the real you is more than a body. The body is just the house that you live in. Someday this body is going to transcend to another body. And when you die, what happens to the soul and the spirit? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 6, Paul says, we're confident. When I look at it, we're always confident, which means you know very well while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. That's clear. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say and willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be, and to be thus what? Present with the Lord. You may have heard of some group teaching that when you die, your soul kind of goes to sleep. You kind of go out of existence. Some say it's temporary and some say it's permanent. Bible says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now when I go to a funeral, what do I say? Well, I have a good friend here. He says he was saved. And uh, he's now asleep, according to what they say. I hope he wakes up in the right place. No, that ain't what I say. If I preach a funeral of a born-again child of God, I tell them where they're at. I tell them where they're at. So it's good to, it's, now it's difficult. I know I attended a funeral this week of a relative of mine. And uh, Mary looked up the funeral on the uh, obituary. And uh, a good friend of mine is going to do the funeral. I've known Tony. Tony Goss, I've known that fella ever since he was a little bitty chubby fella about to I cat. And uh, his mother worked where I worked, and I was aggravating this woman, I believe, I'd ever seen. So she called her son to be a pastor. <laughs> but anyhow, absent for the body, present with the Lord, it's gain. Whatever it is, it's better. Question number four, and I'll try to close. Can Christians who have died, gone to heaven, can they see what's going on here on the earth? It's a misinterpretation of Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number one. And Mary and I were watching a program just the other night. And this lady was selling her husband's antique cars that he had. Beautiful cars. 
And this guy walks up to this widow lady and she says, Well, your husband up there is looking down upon us even now and smiling as we pass these cars on. He's happy. Baloney. Ain't nobody up there looking down. Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doeth so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us. So here we are. We're Christians, and we're running a race. And there's this big stadium up in the heavens, uh, and uh, full of witnesses, and they're hanging out over the balconies of heaven, and they're watching everybody that's going on down here and whatever they're doing. Uh, we've got David, we've got Daniel, we've got Moses and everybody else. Uh, and they're looking at me as I run this race and cheering me on. And when I stumble and I fall uh, and they groan and they say, I'm disappointed in you. I never expected you to do that. Listen, it's bad enough to live my life and God looking at me without the whole congregation of people that have died and gone to heaven looking at me run this race. What is being said here, chapter number 11, a pastor preached on that not too long ago. Chapter about faith. By faith, and since we have so many people who are testifying of the glories of faith, Faith, the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not yet seen. So he's saying here, if this many people have said the life, is a, the life of faith is the way to go, then there are many witnesses saying that's what we ought to do. We ought to run the race by faith. And that's what I'm trying to do. Listen. When you get to heaven, who's going to be there? Now, I know, you, I, I know I've heard people say, I can't wait to see mom and daddy, and I can't wait to see this one, and I can't wait to see that one, and all like that. But who do you really want to see? You want to see the Lamb who died for you. So I don't want to be hanging out over the balconies of heaven cheering somebody on. I'd rather be looking at the Lamb of God who died for my sins and me bowing before Him and saying unto Him, Thank you, dear God, for saving a wretch like me. I was lost and undone. I had no hope. I didn't have anybody that was caring about my soul, but Jesus Christ cared about me. And that night I heard the gospel and under conviction by the Holy Spirit of God, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And my family says it won't last, but it's happened now for how many years you've been married, me? We've been at it a long time. I want to bow at his feet and say, thank you, dear God, for saving me. And I'll be able to praise him when we see him in heaven. So are you going? Have you had your sins 
placed under the blood? Have you been forgiven of your sins? You ask people, are you saved? And they'll say, I hope I am. I hope I am. Tommy, do you know you're married to Peggy? Are you sure? You know that for sure, Peggy? Okay. I believe a person ought to know that they're a Christian as well as if they're married. They know that they're married to that mate. Amen? Are you going to heaven? Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Father, how thankful we are for just a little time of sharing your word. I thank you for what the cross has done in our lives. I thank you for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. I thank you for the word of God that has the answer to many of our questions. Father, I know these questions many times confuse us. But when the Holy Spirit reveals to us what it means, I want to thank you. Thank you this morning, God, for the sweet, sweet spirit that I feel in this place this morning. Thank you, God, that you've allowed me to preach another sermon. Thank you that you gave me the breath to do so. Now, Lord, speak to our hearts. Speak to that one, maybe it's in our midst, that's never been saved. May they come to trust Jesus Christ, that when they're absent from the body, they'll be present with the Lord. All this I do ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.